0: Celebration. Welcome everybody to the Spawn on Me podcast. Friends, Bricagoans, countrymen. This is episode number 200. Here we are in Bricago. I am one of your hosts, Cicero Holmes, a.k.a. Stubby Stan, a.k.a. the Bruce Wayne of Bricago, a.k.a. the Baron of Bourbon. And I'm here this week and every week with our duchess of diversity the one who makes all gains look good and diverse she's the one and only chicago zone miss tanya to pass how are you today
1: i'm good i feel bad i feel like i cursed sharif with my tech fail
0: <laughs> i mean that may that may have been that may have happened she is uh, the Black Widow of Chicago. <laughs> oh, wow. Um,
1: right. <laughs> all right, <laughs> then. I'm going to start living and, up to and, that uh,
0: name. Yeah, all right, all right. Right on. And uh, I'm, I'm also here with uh, the guy who makes math look good. He makes gaming look good. He makes tech errors look real bad. <laughs> 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 but he makes Kangos look dope. He is the one and only. Mr. Sharif Jackson of SharifJackson.com. How are you today, sir?
2: I'm doing I'm doing as well as I can, man. It's been tech fails left and right, but maybe it's karma because I had such good tutoring sessions today, guys. I did some Taylor and McLaurin infinite series. Did, like I did some, uh, some uh, Sokotoa, some sine, cosine, tangent with my students today. Uh, wow. and, be- and because I was so dope on the tutoring tip, karma turned around and said, we got to give you some L's. So Wait, my you know, last, the... like, 30 minutes has been L's with the video, L's with the audio. Um, but now we're here, and I'm so happy. Um, even though I have not been on all 200 episodes, you know, I've been really close with the show and been yeah. super happy um, to have listened to all 200 episodes. So I'm Look at that. super, super happy um, to be here and to celebrate, because this, this is a milestone. It's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, it is. It is pretty cool. Yeah. Uh... I was gonna say that you were like the Anakin Skywalker of Virago, bringing balance to uh, the karmic forces. Wow! It's killing younglings. Yeah, right. yes, Wow! Killing, you killed the younglings. Wow! So, now I'm not,
2: so I'm like out on the grass with Padme just having a horrible yeah. room. A hor- right. With like a horribly written romance.
0: Yes, yes, with uh, <laughs> like CG hippos. Oh, oh. oh my god! <laughs> um. So uh we are missing one even though there are four panels here if you are watching here us on twitch and sorry uh for those of you that are watching us on twitch we we got started a little bit late as as uh we discussed with reef's tech issues um our great captain Khalif adams he's been deposed
1: wow <laughs> wow
0: right oh, our 200 i've 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 done. I've done like uh, the Nigerians, and we've gotten rid of Mugabe. Oh my God! We,
3: wow. we've gotten, it's not of, Nigerians. Mugabe it, is is, is Ghana.
0: It, it, Yeah, I'm nah. sorry. Where's it? Uganda. It, no, it, no. 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 Look, man. Look.
3: You should have just try to. You should have made the joke in the first place.
0: I, I shouldn't have. I shouldn't have. But you know, I mean, come on. It's me. It's it's what I do. It's what I do. So, um, yeah, so Mugabe, I, I, you know, bad with uh, current events and history and all that other stuff, but he has been deposed. Good good with games, though. Right, yeah, right. exactly. He will be back next week. Uh, he sends uh, his congratulations to Becargo and, and his deepest apologies that he is not here uh, with us. But those dulcet tones that you heard uh, scolding me for my <laughs> lack of knowledge um lack of african knowledge because that is where he is in the city of wakanda in the country of wakanda yeah
3: in the burning zana
0: yes is the capital city oh burning zana uh yeah do you live in burning zana or are you like in the out in the suburbs
3: like, um, I'm on the outskirts. I'm, I'm, he like,
2: has like a McMansion out in the suburbs. Right, 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 exactly. Kinda yeah, like, he's a,
0: he's in a he's in a subdivision. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of subdivision? Um, so, so this is we, we kind of we, we talked about it on on uh, Twitter earlier in the day. Uh, we do call him the returning champion, and it, it, you know it's not even really a misnomer. Um, the first time this gentleman was on, first off. Uh, before this gentleman was on, he was at the top of the list of people that we wanted to have on the show to talk about gaming and blackness. When Kai and I started this show four years ago, uh, when we had him on, we had an incredible discussion, uh, a discussion that was so good that it that it actually won us recognition from NPR um, the second time that he was on he became the only guest that whose discussion was so good it was so deep it was so powerful that we had to split it up into two parts and now he is here uh you know when we had him on the first time he was the preeminent writer of color uh critic of color in gaming um then when we had him on the second time yes you you absolutely were you were the preeminent critic of color on comics and now he has transcended all of those things and I would say that and he is writing his own comic he is now a comic book author this is well or author because you know I'm I'm from the Bronx and we can't speak um, but he is he is our friend he is our brother he is Bricago's own Mr. Evan Narciss Evan, welcome back Thank you so much for being here 200 How are you, man?
3: I'm good, I'm good um, I got a deadline for an issue of the series On Monday So wow. if I weren't doing this I'd be doing that
0: Right mm-hmm. And uh, well So well, let's talk about it really quickly Rise of the Black Panther yeah. Is the name of the series That uh, will, will uh, be coming out at The beginning of the year January 2018 uh, yep. If it's still on track for for January twenty eighteen. First, first
3: issue looks like it's in good shape. All yeah.
0: Right, right on. Um so so Ev, uh congratulations. Like how does it feel to be a a comic book writer?
3: So it's weird. Um, I've been writing about comics just about as long as I've been writing about games. Uh gosh more than 15 years at this point, um, uh, and, you know, I've been lucky enough to to meet various professionals in the field, um, editors, other writers, um, and, you know, I've often heard that, hey, have you you ever considered, um, writing for comics, and I was like, yeah, it's one of those things, um, where I never had, like, something I felt like I had to do, right, um, and also, uh, you know, once you know how the sausage is made, it's a little less appetizing, right? You know, um, so those combination of things always let me feel like, okay, I'm 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 fine being a critic, and I was also, you know, my critic, my criticism is my is my art, you know, criticism can be an art, and sure. and and I love being a critic. I, I miss it terribly, and I can't wait to go back to it. Um, so you know, when this happened, uh. It the, the reason I said yes is because this was a opportunity I couldn't pass up, right? This is my favorite comic book character um, um, coincidentally in a moment when you know the awareness and the focus on him is larger than it's ever been right. um, and I feel like I, I, I have a story I, 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 I needed to tell I knew I could tell um, and everything just kind of snowballed from there
0: yeah, that's awesome. Uh, so, so how long have you been? So, how long did it take to to formulate the story? So, like, so this is, um, you know, so you want, you, want the, you
3: you you want the origin story,
0: right? Right? Yeah. So, like, is it? Is so? I want the origin story over the origin story because it's like, you know, we could call it year one. Um, I can liken it to Smallville for Black Panther for for T'Challa. Um. But, but not as not as corny. Not as corny, of course, of course not. It's, t- it's T'Challa. How could it be? How could it be? But like it's it's. So this is this is T'Challa as a as a young prince. No, so
3: um, we're going to be skipping um, uh, back and forth oh, okay. uh, in, in the timeline just a little bit, not a lot. Right. Um, uh, this solicits for the first issue. Outside, so I can say this. Um first issue is going to focus on T'Chaka, his dad. Oh, right. Uh, um, so we're going to see him ruling Wakanda. Um, if you know uh, T'Challa's Orta story, um, we'll see some of the familiar events from that happen in that issue. Um, but we're also going to see a lot of stuff we've never seen before um, with T'Chaka. Right. Um, and during his reign, one of the things... Um, I really wanted to do was show T'Chaka in his prime. We've generally only seen him as an old man right, or right. or, or a ghost um, mm-hmm. who uh, T'Challa speaks to in um, the, the Necropolis, this Wakanda City of the Dead. Um, I wanted to show T'Chaka being vital and a ruler and see how his 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 time on the throne started to change Wakanda. Um, and, um, the challenges he had to deal with. So that's issue one. And then issue two opens, uh, the child was already king. We show a little bit of flashback, um, in terms of him going through the challenge day ceremony, um, and his first kind of foray into like international conflicts, um, um, as a ruler of Wakanda. Um, and then it goes it spirals from there. The, the story I want to tell so to back all the way up, let me back all the way up. Okay. Um um I was mentioning before we went live, um uh this all came about when uh Marvel editor Will Moss um asked Tanahasi, um Ta-Nehisi Coates, Coach, right. uh most of you all know, but he's a writer of um We were eight years in power, uh from One World Books. So good. Um uh, critic, uh, journalist extraordinaire. Um, I've known Tanahasi going on 12, 15 years at this point. Um, and we were introduced by a mutual friend, Chris Jackson, who's the editor at One World. Um, I, I started my journalism career at Time Inc. at Teen People magazine. And Tanahasi was at Time magazine. And he's like, You guys both like conflicts, you probably will get along. Um, <laughs> Uh, but we never really hung out. We had some other mutual friends in common. Mm-hmm. Um, we hung out a few times. Um, but it was one of those things where, like, you know, you see each other at events and whatnot. Right. Um, catch up. When Tanahasi was announced as the um, writer of Black Panther, it's got to be two years now? Yeah. Um, I was like, yo! He's like, I know. I'm like, yo! He's like, I know! <laughs> uh, um, um, so, you know. Conflict of interest. I I I I, I didn't review his book like in any kind of evaluatory fashion. Right. But uh, um, I did do, interview him about his process and getting to learn about the craft and comics and stuff like that. So those interviews impressed his editor. He was like, Hey, Evan seems to know this character this more. Do you think right. he'd be interested in doing the project with us? So, like I said before, you know I've heard like, Hey, you should write comics. I've heard that, you know, every so often. And I was all ready to balk, but I'm like, "This, this, this is, this is the one you need to say yes to, mm-hmm. right?" right. Um, um, so I went home, we thought it over, and immediately an idea sprang to mind. Um, but then, uh, as our conversations continued, um, Will, my editor, was like, "No, we're actually thinking Black Panther Year One, like a, you know, an early to child story." um so from there uh the real nugget of the story uh presented itself to me so if you know anything about the black panther um his father dies uh in combat um against um outside invaders and up until that point wakanda had never lost a king in battle against invaders um um and that's like the assassination of JFK, right? It's something that, that is a turning point in history. Um, and I said, psychologically, where did that put T'Challa? And, um, and that was the kind of jumping off point uh, uh, for the story. I've talked about this before in other interviews, but um, when we first see Wakanda in, in the comics, it's a hidden country, right? No one knows how to get there. Exactly. Um, T'Challa has to spend a special plane to bring the a 4 there. Then he beats their asses, um, <laughs> almost, almost. Uh, but um, once once that happens, it stays hidden for a while. But then a few years later, in Marvel time, um, their, their stock is being traded on the stock exchange. Right? Yeah. They're like they're in the mix with international affairs and on the global scene. So the story I'm telling is how to go from point A to point B and how T'Challa basically makes that decision to do that. Um, so that's, that's the story of the rise of the black Panther.
0: Wow. Now question, will, uh, you be able to buy vibranium with Bitcoin because, (laughs) because, you know, Bitcoin, Bitcoin is real lit right now.
3: So. So it's funny. Um, I know a lot of Black Panther lore, but I have to research it again because when you're writing it, you have to come at it from a different angle. Right. Uh, and Bitcoin just hit, what, $10,000? $10, ten, yeah, it, well, it
0: hit 11 and then went down to nine. So it's hovering around right. that nine, ten thousand 10,000
3: yet. So uh, I may be getting this wrong. And somebody can check in the chat if I'm not, if I am. But I think um, for one ounce of Vibranium, it's ten thousand dollars. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you, you're gonna need a lot of Bitcoin to, <laughs> right. to buy to buy enough vibranium um, to to do anything for real. All right.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know you can have a a hundred thousand uh, dollar vibranium dookie chain.
2: So- <laughs> nah, nah, You don't you don't want to oh, get wow. your chain snatched. You don't want that chain to get snatched, right? No, it won't get snatched. No.
0: It's vibranium. It ain't coming off. You know what
2: I mean? Wow. Um, yeah. So, so well, you're gonna make me go full nerd here. Uh oh.
1: Did, are you are you calculating this Evan?
3: No, 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 no. I'm <laughs> just saying that uh, comic book vibranium does not have the same properties as movie vibranium, and we all know the reasons why, right? Right,
0: right. Yes.
3: So yeah, you can break vibranium in the comics. Right. Um, it is you know more resistant to damage, but yeah, you can you can you can you can mess it up. Um, anyway, yeah. So the, it's been it's been a journey, you know. To answer your question, you asked me like ten minutes ago. Uh, being a comic writer is great, you know. Um, it's a form that I've loved my entire life, um, and now I'm getting to engage with it in, in an altogether different way, and you know, arguably the deepest, most meaningful way. Actually, writing these stories. I mean, at least once a day. Um, I think to myself, "Oh yeah, you just put words in Captain America's mouth, you know, <laughs> <laughs> nice and you just put words into Chala's mouth, and you're right. and you're 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 creating new new nodes of lore for this character you have love your entire life, and I mean, it's the kind of thing you you, uh, you know you can break under the weight of it all. Um, I got dead, I got deadlines, so I can't do that, yeah. but um. Yeah, it's 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 amazing. And there's it, a responsibility well, that comes with it that I'm that I'm totally not ignorant of. He's, I, I know he's,
0: he's reclamped about it.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well Evan, since you brought up you know, like the, the difference between the comic book vibranium and the movie vibranium, I had a question for you. Um would someone who's not as well versed <coughs> in comics lore be able to pick up your book and, and, and run with it?
3: Yeah, that's the whole um, I'm, I'm I'm writing it that way to be an entry point for people who don't know that character as well. Um, if you do know, you, you know there will be some grace notes and some callbacks and some references. Um, but you know the idea is that you can come to this cold and understand T'Ch- T'Challa and hopefully move on to Tanahasi's book, to the movie, the other older stories, and kind of get the frame of what's happening.
1: Okay. Yeah, because I, I have to admit, I have let my comics uh, reading slip quite a bit, mostly just due to time and cost. So, I'm yeah. just like, you know... Com-
3: comics cost you damn much right? And I say this, this
1: right.
3: somebody who spends that money, but yeah, they do.
2: Well, well, yeah, and, and to uh, Tanya's point, you know, obviously there's going to be a whole bunch of moviegoers coming off of Civil War... Right, and obviously the Black Panther movie is like coming out. There's a lot of mainstream interest in the character, and like obviously Coates' book. You know, I've been reading it. You know, every every issue as soon as it comes out, and and it's great. Um, So yeah, I think that to to your point, Turner, there are going to be a lot of people that aren't familiar with the lore outside of you know what they've seen probably in Civil War. You know, Um, and like looking to jump more into that um, my character. So. Um, that kind of begs, like the question of, like I know that you and the people that you work with, you know, I know you guys have your vision for, you know, what you want, you know, your, you know, interpretation of the character to be. Do you ever kind of run into that? We really need to make this separate from what's out there, um, or do you feel like that you kind of not have to follow the stuff, but you have to have some integration with the, you know, with the MCU version of uh, so the so So,
3: um, so far, um, I've gotten very little in terms of editorial directives. Okay. Um, you know, uh, one of the things that they suggested was that, you know, trying to use some of the same characters that are going to be in the movie, which was a given. Right. Per- perfectly blunt, you know. Right. right. Um, uh, but other than that, that's really it. I had one scene... Um, that I wanted to write in the first issue, but um, was deemed too confusing for new readers. <clears throat> I'm not going to say what it is, because hopefully I can uh, put that in uh, some collective edition or in the notes or somewhere. Nice. Um, um, but other than that, that's really it. You know, I've had editors just want to make sure that I'm clarifying that the comics continuity is different than the movie continuity. And... Um, um, you know, uh, I've done that in the script, but but other than that, they're pretty much letting me tell my story.
0: Nice. Nice. So, uh, Stash from the chat, uh, wants to know if, uh, and this is a great question. Um, do you, do you carry any parts of your work as a critic into your work as as a comic book writer?
3: Yeah. Um, <clears throat> thank you for this for the question. Psych Stash. And I'm sorry for my throat. I'm just getting over a cold. I feel like I have a cold every time I talk to y'all. It, um, it,
0: it makes it makes for great radio.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Sounds very dramatic.
0: Yeah.
3: Um, he's cho- he's all choked up. Right, right. Um, <laughs> he's emotional. Yeah, I I, I do actually because you know one thing. I don't want to come off like cocky or anything like that because this, this, I'm a new jack to this. Like this is my first like comics writing gig ever. Um, and I'm very nervous and I carry a lot of, like, uh, anxiety around this stuff. Mm -hmm. But where my work as a critic is, is, helped me is that if there's one thing I know that I'm gonna nail here is the thematics Mm -hmm. of the story, right? Like what it means, kind of what it signifies for the characters, um, and then with their fictional kind of, um, biography, I feel like I'm gonna, I'm gonna get that. Uh, the things for me that I'm learning on the fly is the mechanics of actually telling a story sure. in comics. Because um, comics is not a movie, right? right. People always make similarities, uh, compare and talk about similarities, but it's not. It's good. Movies are, are full motion. Comics, you, you pick a frame and you have to infuse it with all the, the, the meaning and the weight so that it stretches and then transports to another panel. Um, And that's hard. Uh, um, Karen Gillen is a writer who writes The Wicked and the Divine. um, And he used to be a a video game Mm -hmm. critic and journalist a long time ago. Mm -hmm. And he has a guide to writing comics on his Tumblr, I think. And there's a line that he... That he wrote that stayed with me and it's um your job is to excite the artist um and it's true like when my artist got in touch with me paul renaud who's a great artist who's worked on a bunch of stuff for many years he did a uh, he was part of the rotating artist on captain america over the last year and um, he's done some stuff for dynamite as well but uh when, when we first emailed each other he's like, yeah, this is exciting. I'm like, yes. Right. He's My artist is excited, so that's, let's keep him there, um, and I'm getting some stuff in. I
2: know, I know, I know, I know. But, um, yeah, I mean, this is just, I'm just super excited. But
3: yeah, to answer that question, that yes, the, 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 um, my work as a critic is me because I feel like I think about the form, I've always thought about the form kind of mechanically, thematically. Um, so, you know, like, I knew what a comic book script looked like, you Mm -hmm. know, I knew that there was no one kind of, uh, mutually agreed on form for how to execute a script, everybody writes them differently. Um, I know my scripts are very descriptive and other scripts are very lean. Um, but I'm happy with that. Um, and my artists and editors are too. So, so far anyway, um, uh, so yeah, it, it it does help a lot. I'm not coming in completely blind, just from a different angle. Mm-hmm.
2: Right. So you brought up your 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 artist, and you know, obviously, comics are a very visual medium. Um, one thing that I've noticed a lot with um, as I've been reading more digital comics is that I tend to use the um, I forgot, I forgot what you call it, but the mold in comixology where you zoom in guided view yeah yes yeah does that influence how you choose to tell a story because my experience with guided view is completely different i find that the way i react to comics using guided view digitally is different from the print copy and i'm really curious as to if you guys even think about that or if it's not really something that even comes up from a creator perspective
3: i mean i i can only speak for myself here obviously yeah. but no i think you know and i certainly can't speak to my artist but i think about the page as a whole each page is holistically right um and uh um guided view is great because it mimics the way you focus in on a panel mm-hmm. when you're reading it um but sometimes there are elements in panels or pages that talk to each other across the gutters and the borders and um, that's when guided view doesn't work mm, okay. <clears throat> if you have a really trippy um, layout or kind of uh, something ambi- ambitious and experimental where there's actually we did a piece on I9 about this uh, <clears throat> recent issue of Squirrel Girl where it was a zine issue, and, and the conceit was that the characters were drawing their own uh, comics for a fundraiser, and so Loki did one, and it was um, kind of like a curlicue uh, snail shell thing where you read it from the outside in, and it tells one story, you read it from the inside out, and it tells the same story from a different point of view. Oh, that's cool. It was perfect. You know, it's not the kind of thing that would work in little segments. So, um, you know, I love digital comics and the delivery system platform and the quirks of of that platform um, are great, but I feel like the page has to speak for itself um, in its own context. Uh, That said, there are works that are created um, natively, digitally, that work differently. Um, There was a series that came out two years ago, The Private Eye by Brian K. Vaughan, who wrote yes. uh, "Why the Last Man"? Yes, "Why the um, Last
0: Man" completely underrated, totally underrated. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh! Um, shout out, shout out to DJ Ben Armin of the Fanborough Show for put, put me on to uh, to that. He's doing big things too, by the way.
3: He is, he is. Yeah. Um, I pinged him yesterday because uh, he had news in his world. Yes, and yes. He's yeah. He said he's going. He seems to think he's, he's going to be okay. So okay, um, that's a good dude. Um, anyway. Uh, the, so Brian K. Vaughan and Marcus Martin and Melissa um, Vincente did a uh, series called uh, The Private Eye and it was um, presented in landscape mode and um, the storytelling is different, right? It's not the same as a vertically oriented right. page um, and they, 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 they created it uh, with tablets and phones and laptops in mind um, so you you, you you pick your shots differently you, um, you know, pace it differently. So um, there are works, I think, when they're native nati- natively for digital that totally do different things. There's lots of great web comics that do that, obviously, too, right? right. Um, um, but for me, this is a print comic first, right? It's supposed to be a print comic. So I go, I go to the vertical page and I'm thinking about how to use the page that way. And, you know... A, I say me, I'm thinking about it. A lot of it is for my artists. Like, I'm getting stuff in. And you see where he's making decisions that are different in the instructions and directions I give. Right. Which are mostly suggestions, right? Um, this is collaborative. And I'm like, oh, wait. He did that better. Like, the first page. Here, I'll show you guys. Um, uh, this first page of the first issue, which I tweeted out. So some of y'all may have seen this already. Um, I'm going to drop this in chat so sure.
2: you can get it yep I'll grab it sick no, it's, it's all good man we're just happy that you're blessing us with right so while, um, so page. while we
0: while we're doing that yeah while we're doing that let's uh, we can we can vamp for a second. Ev, is there a comic book store near you that yeah. you uh, that you can go to? Are you going to be doing? Have you already set up the book signing? No, I gonna, haven't. And, you... and it's, it's
3: it's a funny thing because um, uh, first issue comes out on January third, and I'm going wow. back to New York City to visit. Um, for holidays and uh and uh the, my plane back to austin is on january 3rd so i won't be able to do anything on the day of release um uh, <coughs> but i'm hoping to do some signings um um in austin um austin has an amazing uh comic book store called austin comics Austin books and more i'm messing it up um it's a great shop and i hope set said something there i also have another great shop called dragon's lair um uh, and the funny thing about this is the first time I ever lived outside of New York City, and um, everything is big in Texas.
0: You know? <laughs> <Right>? Yes, <laughs> yes, it's not a um, Sonoma. Yeah,
3: and the comic book shop, I walked in there like Jesus, this is like the biggest comic book shop I've ever been in my life. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm, I'm uh, you know I'm hoping uh, things like that are going to happen, and uh, um, I, yeah. That's, that's, the kind of, that's the kind of stuff I'm learning, right? I'm like, who sets this stuff up? Is it the, the writer? The, is it the publisher? Like, right. can I just walk in? Right. Um, but yeah, I'm super excited about it. I, one of the things that I'm really excited about is I just want to talk about this book. Right, right, right. Like, right. Um, um, and uh, I can do it like only elliptically now, but like, I can't wait to talk about this first issue because I feel like there's some stuff in there that's like going to be like, wow, and I see some, some of these pages, um, from, from Paul, and I'm like, I wrote the scene, I know what happens, and I'm still like,
0: you know, right here. Right, right. <laughs> a bit. Exactly. Exactly. So, exactly.
3: and I hope, and I hope other people react the same way. So we'll see. That page as written was, like, the, the camera was super untight t- on, on the hand, on the throat. Like, uh, you know, that's all. And you saw claws, and you saw like the the skin of the the the, the person being held at bay was white. Um, and Paul, I met him at Eurocomic Con for the first time so this October. He's like, "Yeah, I pulled out the camera a little bit just so we can establish who who's who." I'm like, you know what? That's probably better. Um, and then he sent me the scene, and it's great.
2: Yeah. So, so the people on Twitch, uh, you should be able to see it. It's over my face right now. The first image of the first page. is very striking uh, and it definitely, it's one of those images where it's like, I gotta read this and see what's going on, you
1: know what I'm saying? Right, right. because right. I'm just like I, and, uh, I and that's what Cap- you want
2: issue, yeah, issue one page one, that's what you want, like you want people to be like, I gotta get to the end and see what's going on, you know what I'm saying? Right,
0: so yeah, so uh, radio is the theater of the mind, but what we have is the outstretched left hand of what appears to be the Black Panther putting a chokehold on America's hero, the one and only Steve Rogers, Captain America. Uh, and he's got him in a serious
1: chokehold. And it's interesting because, um, well, I mean, it is a he's younger. So it's the old suit. So that's interesting. Yep. Yeah. Right. yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, Evan, you're going to uh, do a tour, so- right? You're just going to come through. Got some comic books in your bag, right?
3: I mean it's funny like in my dreams which won't happen uh, uh I use opportunities to I, I have boys in Atlanta who well, I haven't seen in years I'd love to go down there do a signing hang out with my pupils right. same thing with Chicago right we'll see um you know again'm I'm, I'm a freshman so I don't know how how this stuff works right and and some of it may have to be under my own steam, but uh right yeah I'm, I'm i'm excited this
2: is this is yeah you
3: know like nothing else i've ever done in my career yeah yes yeah, so, is...
2: so so what Spoiler. what i mean what went into your thought behind this first choosing this first image to introduce yourself in this in this book i mean i'm assuming that you probably have some other things like what made you say well without i guess saying something that would, that you can't say spoil yet yeah you know like uh what You You mean the first page? Yeah. Well, I mean,
3: you know, those two characters have history, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, um, If you know the lore, um, um, part of Captain America's shield um, is made from vibranium. So this is a story that's been told twice over at this point. So the the, the issue does not rehash that entire story. But I did want to... Tell it through my lens, tell the kind of encapsulate their relationship, um, and, 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 ca- and, and characterize it as antagonistic, which it has been, because Wakanda ain't about outsiders. They don't have like a Tourism program in Wakanda. <laughs> um, there's,
0: there's no come. To, there's no come to Jamaica commercials. Oh my <laughs> God. No,
3: Wakanda has stayed for commercials. Wow. Wow. <laughs>
1: um, I mean, I'm down for yeah. that. Uh,
3: yes. And you know uh, that attitude um, of isolationism is is a major theme of of um, the, the book. Um, you know uh, it's not a spoiler to say that T'Challa chooses to break with that isolationism that's, that's going on for centuries, you know um, and it's not a popular uh, decision when he makes it and we're seeing repercussions of that um, um, but I wanted to, you know open with an image that told all those things you know, um um, I mean there's going to be words on that page but i are just not you almost don't need them right you know, like, there's a guy you have Steve Rogers being held back by a, a black pimp
2: oh, um, that, that's all you need to know Fox News is going to get hold of this oh they're going to say yes. this is reverse <laughs> racism this is Black Lives Matter uh, choking out Run-a-muck american values good job oh my Ed. God. thanks thanks uh, but, that, but that's but that's actually ammo.
1: a good lead entry to what i <laughs> wanted to ask and, and this is like a total what if you know my my fangirl kind of if this could happen so let's let's say this we fast forward and this is like modern day and t'challa has hmm. to come visit the u.s with the current president wow. how much of Ooh. a how much would he change his response of Stay the fuck out of my country after coming to the US in present day.
2: I like that.
3: I mean, it's funny because historically in the fiction, Wakanda US relations have always been like chilly. Right. Um right, right. Uh with somebody like our current president in office. Um let's just say He'd be lucky because Wakanda has a non-aggression pact,
0: <laughs> um, uh,
3: and Wakanda's like, yeah, you know, we're we're not aggressors. We don't we don't initiate conflict because if we did, it'd be a wrap. Yeah, it'd be right. over. Yeah.
1: Uh, okay, but um, but what if concerned black citizens approached Wakanda?
3: <laughs> you know, it's funny. It's 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 something that I ha- I'm I'm probably not going to touch in this series, but it has been. Um, alluded to in previous iterations like when Reginald Huddland was writing the book yes. um, <clears throat> he had a couple of beats along the way about uh, Wakanda having um, slipped some money uh, to the Panthers right. um, um, uh, back in the 60s mm. and maybe helped out with apartheid um, uh, you know again on the low Right. With um, Mandela and whatnot, um, you know, I have a tense relationship with that kind of stuff because I feel like um, if you do it wrong, it can be overly facile, right? Yeah, sure. Um, oh,
1: definitely, definitely. If,
3: right. If you do it right, um, it can resonate, um, and I think he's had he had like some things that I liked about that kind of stuff and some things that I didn't, um, but you know. One of the things that's um, significant about the Panthers' publishing history is every time a black person worked on his stories, I think there was marked change in different themes that came out. Yeah, yeah. One of the first artists uh, to work on him for an extended period of time was Billy Graham.
0: Yes. Billy
3: Graham um, was a black man. And um, this is stuff I've tweeted out before, but, like, his art, you can tell, like, this is somebody who, like, wanted to show black is beautiful um, in these pages. The way he drew hair and fashion, and it's all idealized because it's comics. um, But, like, you could, I mean, there was, I think there was a different sort of energy moving through those pages. And when the first black writers started writing um, uh, T'Challa I want to say Christopher Priest was the first one I could, I'm probably wrong about that so no one checked me um, but uh, it was different it was, it was very different um, and then and Reginald Hudlin and Tanahasi and and, and um, Roxanne Gay wrote World of Wakanda um, and she focused on Ayo and Anika the, right. uh, Dora, Dora Milaje and you know like this is where the multiplicity of Black life um, works its way into that fictional construct, um, and I love Wakanda as a fictional construct because it's 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 like the 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 dream of an uninterrupted connection to history, right? right. That we as members of the diaspora just don't have. Right. Um And Wakanda is the place where that can exist. Um, I don't think. It should be utopia. Um, it can be um, aspirational, but I don't think it should be. What's um, word I'm looking for?
1: Perfect perfection.
3: Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think that you know, if you're trying to tell dramatic adventure stories, which you still are, um, you need the conflict to come from somewhere, yes. and yeah. and you you want them to be fully human people with all the foibles and complications and feelings of, of actual people
1: yeah because i'm mean, one other thing that i loved about the movie that's coming out is that uh chadwick boseman talked about how he made sure t'challa did not have a british accent because yeah. we weren't colonialized <clears throat> so why would i sound like the oppressor
3: right right yeah and he said like you know it's funny because that we we, we ran a piece of uh with that quote on eye on and he says uh, yeah, he's never been educated um, in the outside world, and which is hilarious to me because that's more hardcore than the comics. And the comics is part of the canon that oh yeah, he went to school in the U.S. and other places, right? And then he came right. back, and 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 I can just picture like Ryan and them be like, yeah, nah,
0: he hmm.
3: nah. no, he's, yeah, right, <laughs> he was here the whole time, he was here the right. whole time.
0: Um, Wakanda well, first, yeah. <laughs> Wakanda yeah, always, right? yeah, yeah.
3: So it's an interesting uh, interpretation um, that that kind of firms up that kind of understanding of the character and the country as being like extremely isolationist and, and secretive and, and and unknown entity.
0: Right. It's, so Ev, there's we're we're living in a weird time, right? We're you know we're living in in the time of Donald Trump, bad fake news. Um, but but also but also we're we're living we're living in a time where uh, the the two preeminent black characters in comics have received uh, great treatment on the big and small screen um, from from Marvel. Uh, do is there pressure f- for you? as you're writing, as you're, as you're crafting the stories to, you know, obviously you want to, you want to be inclusive to those people to make sure that uh, these people that are, are uh, noticing these characters for the first time in specifically Black Panther um, in your case, but uh, do you feel like you have to be extra inclusive uh, for, for these people or do you feel like Because they're extra eyes That you have an opportunity To tell a story that is That is Somewhat of a departure from From you know what they What they have seen already on the big screen
3: Oh That's a multi-layered question I'm probably a multi-multi um, layered answer uh, The weird thing about the Writing this story as a, you know, right as the movie's coming out, is notionally it's the same story, right? Right. Like like this is a story about the world finding about out about Wakanda and how does Wakanda react? How does the world react? Mm-hmm. Um. Um. And that's intriguing to me because um, I think we're going to be telling the same story in different ways, which is great. Um, I'm excited to see what they do and. Um, you know, I hope that somewhere along the line they read my story and be like, oh, okay, you did this. Right. Um, um, so I think it's gonna be a great, um, instance of being able to compare and contrast, right? Um, and I'm not going to put myself on their level, like Ryan and the screenwriters and everybody. Um, I don't. The thing is, I don't know what's happening in the movie. I know about as much as you do. I see the trailers. Right. I geek out. I make gifts. Right. Whatever. You Raise <laughs> your
0: fist Right. 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 <laughs> but
3: I, I don't. I don't know how they're getting there. It's that's probably for the best. Um, I will tell one story, and I think I don't know if I said this publicly yet, but I, exclusive. Um,
0: <laughs> I had it. A,
3: I had a scene where um, the child was going to uh, show up at the UN, um, and uh, I saw the first teaser. And I'm like, shit. I'm like, shit. They got him at the UN. I'm like, right. I, can't, I can't do that now. Because <laughs> people are going to say, oh, you bite me, whatever.
0: Right, right.
3: Um, um, but I, I, that made me think differently mechanically how to achieve the same kind of, like, function in the plot, um, differently. So, um, um, it's probably better off that I don't know, um, what they're doing. Um, so I think, you know, it's going to be interesting and hopefully welcoming, um, with the movie. Um, with the idea that, um two different mediums, two different histories, uh-huh. um, um, and there'll be some synchronization. In terms of, like, inclusivity and inclusion, I mean, that's that's the story I'm telling, right? Of, 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 the story I'm telling is Wakanda reacting to the world and the world reacting to Wakanda. Um, um, and uh, one of the themes of the story is the perils of isolationism um, and yeah. Um, you know, what kind of the ship? They're super advanced. Um, but can you be um, an island unto yourself and still maintain that um, edge? Um, and what does it say for you, for your relationship with humanity, if you continue to be aloof? Um, right. So that's the, those are some of the things I want to explore.
2: Um, Great, and we we are so excited to see you dive into them. Um, Now, I was wondering, so obviously I still hear and get linked to your article, The Natural, still to this day. Yeah, I see a question
3: in chat about it.
2: Yeah, Um, so so kind of a two-part question, because I was already going to ask about with your artists, like when you look at things like the hair and, you know, obviously. Um, Man, the- listen
3: Reef. Listen Reef. <laughs> <laughs> so wow. when when my editor told me, hey, I think we're gonna go with this guy, first thing I did was look at his passport and like, you got that lineup right? Can you right. show the te- can you show the texture in the hair? Um you know, can you do dreads? Can you do like right. th- can you draw black hair? Right. Um and this is something, you know, that's always been, you know, it's funny. I wrote The Natural, and I've become the black hair guy, right? Which right. is a damn, you know, which...
2: You're fashionista.
3: Yes.
1: Wait, Evan, do you, do you get those messages? Do you get those DMs like, do you see this game? They fucked up the hair. Aren't you mad about it?
3: Right. My DMs are closed. That's part of the reason why.
1: Mine were never open never <laughs> no but yeah
3: uh, but th- things like that are concerns me I look i can write read reading comic books where like it was clear that like, this is our this little character that was drawn with um non-black phenotypes right
0: right um
3: right and then color the crown right um, yep yep and <laughs> i didn't want to i may want to zap in those books so every time i open a page that paul sends um like the joy of like seeing oh you got some kinkier you know uh, Afro going on um or, you know just straight hair around, you know black people make their choices and do whatever their hair however they want right um braids um, dreads like all that stuff the noses are wide the lips are full like like uh, and Paul's not a black person he's a white guy um, um but like he knows how important that is and and that's super heartening to me. Um, like you know there's so much talk about own stories nowadays y'all know me I believe that's super important but um, it shouldn't just be on us you know Mm -hmm. like our representation shouldn't just be on us like um, um, the tools and the materials um, um, and to to educate yourself and realize why this stuff is important it's all out there Um, and you know Paul's drawing fashion in this book and I'm like, damn it, I don't wanna wear what Chichaka's wearing. There's this one scene where he has this like dope ass uh dashiki tunic style top right. and he's sitting on his throne. I'm like, God damn it, how can I like I need to find a tailor or something that I can get that. <laughs> because, right, right. <laughs> um, um so so that kind of stuff is super important. Reef, I didn't mean to cut you off, but no, okay. I see the question. the question in chat is specifically referencing um um, games that do a good job of black hair. I haven't played Wolfenstein 2, um, uh, but uh, Homegirl, uh, the Resistance leader, her afro looks insane. Okay. Um, and great. Uh, what else? The weird thing, I joked about this privately with friends, but um, the weird thing about Horizon Zero Dawn was that mm. you get in there? T- yeah, Tanya, I know. Totally That's what you do.
1: It's <laughs> like, you felt that through the ether.
3: <laughs> uh, the dreads aren't right because yeah. the dreads they gave uh non-black hair type dreads to the black people right and they just they basically swap colors it's like because you look in close those dreads on on the black people it's not kicky it's not right yeah. there's like no. it's not it's not right well there was um, no
1: there's
0: no beeswax there.
1: Come on, you got bees so, back then. Their bees have been around yeah. forever.
3: You no, know, it's a post-ocouple of, of the future, so I'm, right. I'm, I'm, I'm sure bees are pretty much all died out. Right. But you, you, can, yes. you can use something. You can use the machine mechanical, oil.
0: Mechan- mechanical bees. Yeah.
3: <laughs> um, the trailer for Beyond the Mavel 2 um, had some good-looking hair. Yeah. Um, I was I was disappointed in Mass Effect and drama to be perfectly blunt. Like I was expecting better things. Uh I mean I was. Uh um so I'm still kinda of waiting. Yeah, I mean the, the real tipping point is gonna be like when you can go into that character creator character creator and pull out that natural, and pull out some Bantu knots, or pull out something that, that 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 just looks like how it's supposed to and look. I mean, we all work around games and, and play a lot of games and and um, know how hard it is to create that stuff. But, uh, I mean, there's a reason that it's super easy to make hair that doesn't look like ours. And it's hard, you know. Um, um, and that reason is because the way the tools were developed were to prioritize, you know, the, the creation of white characters, right? Right. Because um, that's the, the, the default. Um, right. But if you really care about inclusivity, you have to work against the default. Um, right. yeah. So, yeah.
2: Well, if, well, if, if there's any clear. way you can have a scene where T'Challa discovers Steam and he spends five <laughs> pages complaining about why he can only have afros or fades um, in, in his games... That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> you know what I'm saying?
3: <laughs> and, and the fades the don't even look right. You know, there's that line where like, where, like, your hair actually starts to come in anyway. It's a cartoon fade. Right.
2: It's a cartoon fade well, and a cartoon bro. That's, that's, that's your well,
0: choice. Yeah, so, I mean, really, honestly, what all games that feature people of color need to do is either contact uh, Visual Concepts and all the cats from NBA 2K... And or uh, contact EA down in Tiburon, down in Florida, so and get a, the guys from from uh, NBA Live. Did
3: I? I don't know if I talked about this the last time I was on. Maybe not. I think I've talked about it publicly, but there was so around the time that um, Dragon Age Inquisition was coming out, mm. um, I took a, I took a demo meeting because um, um, they were showing the game in New York City, and. Uh, um, is Cassandra? Cassandra's the, the character, right? The black. What's the name Vivienne. of the black character? Vivienne, Yeah. So, y'all remember that controversy about the fan art that had turned her white? Yep. And I talked to to the producer about that. He's like, what he's like. What was really disappointing about that was, um, we finally had the tools to render dark skin well. And I talked to him about that. He's like, yeah, you know, the old engine. You know, for the first Dragon Age game, it, did, it you know, we weren't happy with the way it rendered Dark Skin. I was like, hmm, that's interesting. And I followed that thread into a story where I wanted to talk to the development studios at EA and at, um, at Take-Two um, that work on the sports games and get it right. Yeah. And I was like, hey, you know, as pitches go, it's a softball pitch. Hey, y'all doing something well, and I want to talk about how you're doing well, how you got here, et cetera, et cetera and um, nobody answered me um, from, from, from EA decline and 2K decline. I did speak to um, Don't Dontnob, who had just come off of making uh, Remember Me. Right. Um, right. And, but, you know, it wasn't enough for me to, to turn into an article. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's like even when you want to um, give developers a pat on the back, there's... Right. Uh, and look, I understand communications around game-making is always going to be fraught, right? Um, right. But, like, uh, this was something that should have been easy, and um, people kind of ran away from it. Oh, we don't want to talk about rendering black skin. It's like, well, I think you're doing it well. We still don't want to talk about it. It's like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it was, uh, you know, it, it's a shame because I feel like it, <laughs> there's a process to Making any kind of um, game assets, right? right? And unless you're open about it, um, it's not going to get better. Right? I talked to uh, Chris Hecker years ago. Um, he's a guy who worked on Spore, who's been making Spy Party. And he talked about, you know, diversity. His game, he's making a game about human behavior, and diversity is important for him. And, you know, he showed the rigging on the hair model for uh, um, one of his characters. And she has, like, loose, Four C curls, um, you know. He's like her hair has has as so much rigging as her face because he realize it's going to move and react a certain way. Mm-hmm. And you know, he's one dude. Like maybe what, there's like two or three or four other people working on that game with him. Um, right. um, but it's important. He prioritized it. And it's going on in the game, right. um, and he's not afraid to talk about it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's just like when uh, Yusuf and I did that piece about you no know, lighting dark skin. Not a lot of people got back to us.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, 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 we talked about this on Twitter. Yep. I remember this, yep. but I knew that that was going to be the case because like people get gun shy. It's like, well, and you know,
1: yeah. And the thing is, I think a lot of the a lot of the stuff about game dev could be demystified because, like, what was the 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 maps, the telemetry maps, or something that they showed for a game? And everybody's like, oh my god, that's so amazing. I didn't know that, but people have been working in this for years are were like, that's a basic concept. Well, for me, yeah. this is some new shit. I don't know this. Yeah.
0: Right. Right. Right, well. Um, so th- that was basic shit. Um, some some shit that you don't know is that we're about to go to a break. Uh, this is Spawn on Me episode 200. Uh, we're with former games writer current games critic uh current comics critic but really comic book writer Evan uh we're going to talk we're going to talk about some of his games some of the games that he likes this year games of this year after the break and we'll be back right after this
3: Hey, Spawn me listeners, this is the crew of The Optional Podcast, coming to you each week from New York City, where we host a show all about the latest in video games and entertainment. Our podcast is on a mission to highlight more voices of color in games media. We represent those who love the art
1: form but don't fit in with the gamer status quo.
2: So be sure to check us out at theoptionalpodcast.com. We're available on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Google Play, and YouTube. We're not your
3: typical gaming podcast. This is video game commentary for the rest of us.
0: To episode number 200 of the Spawn podcast. We are here with the one and only Mr. Evan Narcis. Uh, we talked all things Rise of the Black Panther before the break. If you missed that, uh, you fast forwarded too far and too long. You need to go back and hear all about that great book that's coming out in January of 2018, right before the Black Panther movie um, so uh, we'll talk about that stuff maybe a little bit later at the end again, but right now we're going to dive into some of Ev's old jobs and talk about games. Um, so Ev, this year uh, we're, we're about, uh, we're actually exactly two weeks away from our uh, Game of the Year awards. The spawnies—it's the the award show that everybody waits for every year. Um, have you had a chance this year? Because I know you don't—you know—you don't get to talk about games critically publicly, yeah—at uh, at all anymore. Um, have you had a chance to play some of the games this year? I I felt and and I've heard lots of conversations about this year, 2017, being like the year, or at least similar, or the closest uh, amalgamation of the best year in gaming 2007. Uh, do you share some of that sentiment? So,
3: I mean, like you said, I, I'm not a Kotaku anymore. I'm at um, sister site, Ionine. Um, and I, I do get to write about games a little bit. Um, you know, there's like a loose kind of uh, guidance where, you know, Kotaku does the bulk of that stuff. But yeah, if you have, you know, a unique angle on the story, on a game that you want to do for a different site, you can do it. You know, Deadspin occasionally will have uh, game stuff on there and right. other sites. Crying um, 9, I tend to focus on science fiction stuff, stuff with a strong genre angle. Angle. So I did write about, like, uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. I've been writing sure. about Telltale's Batman. That's obviously the kind of a natural, right? Um, and I love those games, by the way. Yes. I loved that series. Yeah. Um, so I still get to touch on it a little bit, usually from a storytelling standpoint, less like a like a like a whole scale like nuts and bolts review. I, I'm not writing those anymore. Um, and you know, as a corollary to all of that, I don't play games as much as I used to. Right? I don't play day in day out like I used to when I was a Kotaku, especially not now with. Um, um, having a whole other side game, um, writing the series. But I have, I've managed to play some stuff this year. Um, um, I did play Horizon Zero Dawn, which I loved. It really snuck up on me. Um, I, I thought it was a really strong piece of storytelling and world building. Um, so kudos to Guerrilla Games for that. Um, what else did I play this year? I didn't finish Andromeda. I just, it, it, it <laughs> and this is all pre-patch. Um, so, you know, yeah. I hear it's, it's, a much, it's a much different game now. And maybe I'll go back to it. But um, you know how that is. Once you drop a game, you lose the muscle memory. Yep. And, right. and you lose the emotional investment and the momentum. And you're like, it's there. I'll get to it. Right. Eventually. Um, what the facts I played in, like this year. Um, Telltale Batman, I said already. Other indie stuff. Um... That I've enjoyed, that I'm totally drawing a blank on. Oh, I played, I I, I got um, Lego Marvel Superheroes 2. Um, oh,
0: okay, yeah, sure.
3: Um, I, was, I started playing that with my daughter a little bit. Um, she loves it. You're going to make me turn on my PS4 to, 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 oh, no. to go through the save files. To...
2: <laughs> no, no, that's that's it. I mean. <laughs> you don't have to give us exact play times, dates. <laughs> right, right, um, yeah. Trophy counts, um, <laughs> right. But no, I, but, you I, know
3: it's funny. So, I, so I'm still in touch with the Kotaku guys, and you know, like, um, you know, uh, and I see what they talk about, what they rave about, and it seems like 2017 has been a ridiculous year. Like, you know, something like like PUBG, like, right. I mean, that that couldn't even existed three or four years ago, yeah. right? Like, right. Um, and that's a, a game has changed the paradigm of like what. A technically unreleased still in beta game right, uh, right. can accomplish um, and you know you, you look at stuff like that you look at stuff like um you know you look at stuff like battlefront 2 which should have been a slam dunk um right. but they overreached <laughs> um and now it's like a, a thorn in in in, in you got the ceo of disney called the ceo of ea <laughs> right. and it's like wow that's doesn't happen like ever um, um so you know it's been a, a year of ups and downs but you know I, one of the things that's amazing to me and this is i'm saying this is somebody who doesn't own a switch it's like nintendo turned that shit the fuck around didn't they huh yeah yeah like yeah you're like we you know uh, uh, in the coffin and they're like, Nintendo's like we actually don't make coffins. We make right. hot-ass video games <laughs> we'll you. Right, and right. hardware. Right. And we're about to remind you all of that right, right. now.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, so yeah, I think the next two months is going to be real crucial to me in, in, in terms of finally making that decision. Um, but it just seems like people talk about Breath of the Wild like one of the best games ever. People talk about uh, uh, Super Mario Odyssey like one of the right. best games ever. And, like, it's... Right. I mean, it's amazing, and you know, like it's it's, it's one of the oldest, hoariest, video game cliches. Don't count Nintendo out, but Right. they reminded y'all, like, yeah, that shit is every every cliché built around a grain of truth, and that's and, and that the grain of truth is yeah, you never know what you are gonna do, and I wonder how they're gonna
0: execute it.
2: Yeah, so it, it, go, yeah. Go ahead, Reeve. I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah, so you talked about uh, Battlefront and one interesting thing i find out about battlefront is that it's even though it's technically not like a last jedi game you know it's it's probably the closest we get to like to a movie tie-in game even though technically not officially you know obviously you guys remember back you know back in the 90s and so um, even in the 80s, like they were horrible. For um, But, you know, there were always tie-in games, right? Like, there were always right. Right? Yeah. some they put effort into, some not,
3: you know? Yeah, I miss that. It's something, it's something me and Fahey, Mike Fahey of Kotaku, right. um, we've talked about a lot. Like, you know, uh, those games disappeared from console, and then they started appearing on mobile, where they're clearly, like, cheap, fast, yes. dirty, cash-in. Right, right. right.
0: Right, even more so than the cheap, fast, dirty right. cashes right. that were on right. the consoles. Right, right.
3: Um And I, I miss that. You know, I, I wrote something recently about um, when the Wonder Woman movie came out. Like, Wonder Woman needs to headline her own video game. Like, sure. she needs like a triple A game with all the, the, the freaking trimmings and pull out all the stops. And like a Wonder Woman game could be like God of War. Um, yeah. but you know, with some actual like thematic heft to it, which is not to say God of War doesn't have it, but like, you know, you've got all this lore to draw from, like Wonder Woman, right. it would be great. Um, and the thing I wrote, I wrote in that piece was that like, those games came out and the quality varied, but the fact that they existed, they were made and thought about and developed, made, um it feel important, right? It made the character feel important. I like when That, right. that Captain America game came out with the first movie.
0: Yeah.
3: Um, it was like, oh yeah, he gets, right. a, he gets to exist in this space too now. Right. Yeah. Like, and remember like, Captain America was never a character. You'd be like, oh wait, I can't wait to see a Captain America movie. Exactly. Like Captain right. Right. Think, right. Captain America was a cornball. Steve was yeah. a cornball, right? There's it mm-hmm. funny endearing things about him as a character. Um, and the same thing with Iron Man, too. Remember Iron Man? Yeah. Iron Man was never a heavy hitter like that. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> he was he was always A-list, but, like, he's never the one you thought would be in the movie. He was yeah. Fantastic yeah. Four, Spider-Man, Hulk. Right. Um, and, you know, the story with Marvel is that they signed all those those rights away um, um, years ago. Right. And had to wind up uh, buying them back. But, like, like I was saying, the, the fact that those games existed, um, that Thor game, um it felt like, oh, okay, this is a moment. This is, we can pin this moment in the timeline. And we're like, hey, uh, there's a chance for more people to give a shit about this stuff than ever before. Um, you know, I'm hopeful about this Square Enix deal with Marvel. Um, I don't know anything about what they're making. I suspect right. it's going to be um, some kind of multiplayer, maybe Destiny-esque, make-your-own-superhero thing, like... a. Uh, Maybe they're going to follow the DCUO template, um, as Sony did um, for a while. And that was a fun game. It wasn't like the most, you know, ground-breaking thing. But it was a fun game. It used the lore creatively. Really, um, and it was robust in terms of character characterization and character creation. Um, so they might be trying to do something on on around this line. But I, I, I have no inside dirt. I'm not Jason Schreier. I'm not digging out. Um, <laughs> Uh, secrets from, from from shady alleys um, out.
0: Well, well, there there may be some truth to that because the uh, they did have an RPG, uh, an MMO that was that was on the consoles. Uh, I think it was called like Marvel Heroes. Yeah, and they just shut that down. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you know, so I mean, there is there is definitely space for for a Mar- Marvel MMO. Uh, or even an MMO light like Destiny, to exist uh, yeah. in the console space in the gaming space. So, I just uh, think you know.
3: Again, not to be like uber nerd about all this stuff, but like, it's mm-hmm. conflicts lend themselves seemingly so readily um, with the, the the focus on action and dramatic conflict and the pyrotechnics. They, you know, what I mean, yeah. have to have to establish properties out there or, like in terms of Cape Comics like, and superhero stuff. Like we're just dying to be in your know, into games.
0: Right. Right. So 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 speaking of speaking of that, what style game in your head, hmm. if you were if you were given the reins, would uh the <coughs> game be? Would it be a would it be a, a beat 'em up? Would it be a telltale style uh, kind of choose your own adventure episodic uh, game that focused on the narrative? Um, you know, would we have some type of Uncharted like adventure or or Rise of the Tomb Raider adventure game? What would it? What would the Black Panther you know Evan Narcissus, uh Black Panther game be?
3: So it's funny. Um... This is a little bit of an aside, but uh, I remember when the movie was announced. I was like, "Yeah, that's great," but really, can we also get like uh, some kind of like West Wing, but in Wakanda, like an right. episodic TV show? Because like really, the things that I've loved about um, uh, past uh, iterations of Black Panther comics have been like the statecraft, like. Oh, yeah, we're going to have a, you know, a summit meeting with uh, Namor and Magneto, and he's going to, like, you know, um, um, get into some shit with Dr. Doom, and they have beef, um, and there's repercussions across global economies and stuff like that. Um, that's great. Yeah. Uh, um, so I have a similar kind of friction you know, thinking of like a game design template for, for a, a, a Black Panther video game. Like I love the Telltale like tense decision making. Yeah, right. Like you know, uh, Reed Richards will remember that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, Captain America will remember that. Um, your relationship with Iron Man has changed.
0: Changed
3: so <laughs> nice. much. Um, so yeah, if there's a way you can integrate that with something more action-heavy, like an Uncharted, or you know, like uh, this is my own personal preference, but I'd I'd have I'd love to be have it be third person, you know, like Arkham 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 City, um, right. um, Arkham Knight, a good template, you know, obviously different kind of locomotion and movement system, but um, um, you put T'Challa in Wakanda in different countries. Like the thing about what's great about T'Challa is that uh, as simply by virtue of his station as a king, he's a trotter, right? You know, you don't have to make up a story, a reason for him to be in New York City or you know, Paris or Latveria. Um, you, just, you know, that's where his business takes him. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he's about to handle that business. Um, so, uh, yeah, something third-person action with a mix of, like, uh, choice-based narrative branching, I think, would be a nice fit for him. Um you know, one of the things I've had to reckon with um, in, in, in rereading and kind of reconsidering all the stories that have come before the one I'm writing is that, like, uh, his attitude has changed over the over the years, right? You know, the, the Black Panther that uh, Christopher Pierce wrote, wrote in the 1998 series, that's badass. But he's also, like, super fucked up like emotionally and psychologically. Um, 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 and one of the things I love about Tanahasi's run is he's kind of um, re-humanizing him a little bit. Like, um, uh, child was in a dark place in the, in, in the free series by necessity. Right. Like, it was right. literally a heavy life that, that wears a crown because he had all this weight on his shoulders um, and, you know, the, the pressure of, of never being able to, of, of of making it so that you never be out thought or, or or outgamed, Like that had severe repercussions on his on his uh personal relationship with people. Um Tanahasi's writing a character that um is pulled back from a little that a little bit. Um and I like it. Um I you know, I always tell Tanahasi, You're my boy, but like I would like this run anyway. Um
0: <laughs>
3: and 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 the interesting thing about, uh, the game design fusion I was talking about, I was like, yeah, you know, you can wind up with a very different personality for T'Challa at the end of this. Okay. Are you going to go full asshole? Are you, you know, are you going to break the non-aggression pact and and try to become a conquering nation? Are you going to, you know, um, work with other countries? Are you going to work with other heroes? Um, that kind of stuff. Um, And, uh, you know, I think it'd be great to have a fighting style um, that, you know, mimic the kind of, you know, uh, action that we see him do in the comics. I haven't played um, Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite, um, so I will never know what he plays like in that game. I'm guessing it's going to be like a mix of moves from other characters. But, uh, um, yeah, I mean, that's a dream. I would love it if... if a game, you know, it probably has this naive hope that the pendulum is going to swing back the other way, that we'll go back to seeing moving the moving game <clears throat> five, ten years from now. Um, I mean, you'd be perfectly blunt, the way the companies are set up, I imagine you'll see something from WB um, because, they, you know, they own everything Locke's talking about, right? They have right, in, right. in-house video games development the studios.
1: Right.
3: Whereas Marvel doesn't. Um... So you know, um, hope spreads eternal. But um, you know, you could also say like, well, better for no game to exist than, than a shitty one. Well,
2: right.
0: <laughs> it'll be it'll yeah. be shitty forever.
2: Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, I was I was I was wondering. I know this is your first uh, your first book, but um, there's been a lot of talk in the game industry about sort of loot boxes and how the price of games huh. have not gone up first you know decades basically well well, years um even though the cost of eight games have kind of risen and risen with comic books um are there some similar pressures in the business model where you know books have some additional costs um is is there sort of that like pressure to try to get money you know to clear similar numbers to get money from alternative sources um am i gonna have to you know open up your book and, and like a loot box jumps out um and like i have no. to like randomly get a page um, no no
0: you'll get the same page twice
3: <laughs> <laughs> i read just book three times and i haven't gotten a single upgrade um right. <laughs> No, there's no not gonna be any microtransactions or in app purchases and rise to the black family. Um but, you know, <laughs> the thing comics comics like games and other um, mediums, they're money making businesses, right? And and like other other mediums, there's different um, distribution strategies and monetization strategies. You know, the, the the book I was talking about before, The Private Eye, that, that's from a small creator owned company that Vaughn and, uh, and uh, Martin and Vicente <clears throat> own themselves as the pay-what-you-want model. And the comics are not trash. The comics are excellent. They're amazing. But, you know, you can pay zero dollars and get 100 pages of good story um, um, because they own it. They, 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 you know, are making money from other endeavors. But, like, this is a labor of love for them. Um, you know, uh, you have publisher models like Image where you pay an overhead cost and they, they um, put out the book for you. And basically, after you're over cost, get recouped. You, everything goes to you. It's a pre-order model. Um, you know, th- and different contracts um, uh, exist across comics, you know. So sometimes you get to do own the property, the ancillary rights for movies and TV. Most of the big publishers won't let you do that, but other publishers will. So, you know... Um, what, what I'm privy to as a creator is very little. It's uh, right. turning your script on time, and here's your check. Uh, obviously, Black Panther is a work-for-hire situation because that's a, a character that Marvel owns outright. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but uh, I know people who are doing creator own comics, and um, for me, uh, the fun of this project right now is working inside this lore in this universe that I've loved so much for so long, um, but you know, would I rule out the creator and all stuff? Absolutely not.
0: Sweet. Yeah. So um, this year, not so much, but last year, especially the tail end of last year, there were <clears throat> specifically two of the blackest games oh, yeah. that you that you've that you've ever seen. Um, Mafia Three, and and then Watch Dogs Two. Um, uh, did you did you have a chance to play those? What was your what were your thoughts about about them?
3: So I, I'm going to start with a little bit of meta stuff here. Yeah, sure. Um, you know, for a while there, I was writing prominently about um, black representation in video games, and I switched sites and I went to IO9. Yeah. Um, and I didn't do that anymore. And those games came out. And I was like, Am I gonna have to sit down and play 120 hours of video games just to have a <laughs> take on this? Like, when I don't have to do this anymore? But I was actually tra- talking to um, one of my former colleagues at uh, Kotaku. He's like, You don't have to do that. You don't have to be that guy anymore. You know, like, you know, you'd appreciate what you would have to say regardless, but like, you know, it's a weight, you know, right. to feel like, oh, do I got to carry the weight now still, right. even though, like, it's not technically my job. I'm always going to care, you know. Um, so I didn't wind up, it's a long way of saying, I didn't wind up playing Watch Dogs 2. Um, and I did play Mafia 3. Um, and I like Mafia 3 a lot. I mean, I think it's... it's. Um, Flaw is not the right word. It's, I mean, it's very commercial, right? Um, and it's orientation, mm-hmm. but it is. It's it's very black, you know. It's it, it right. it, 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 it it's, I wrote an essay on Mafia Three um, that will be appearing in a um, exhibition um, catalog. So this British, British Museum, the um, VNA am are mounting a huge video games exhibit that's going to open next year. Um, and they reached out to me to write about um, um, this kind of stuff, and I wrote a, uh, an essay for Mafia 3. And one of the things that I talk about in the essay is that, like, the thing about Mafia 3 that makes it meaningful, despite, you know, the places where it succeeds and it doesn't, is that it's actively engaging the idea of what, like, black life is under a system of white hegemony, right? Like, right. you know? Right. Like, that's the thing that game is trying to do. Yeah, it's a crime-revenge story. Yeah, it's an open-world game. And it has certain genre, genre conventions that it has to satisfy um, uh, as far as those mandates go. But, like, it is about, hey, what's it like when you can't go from point A to point B without being canceled by the cops? Right. Hey, <laughs> what's it like when, you know, your community is preyed upon um, and has different resources? and lesser resources and you come back from fighting for your country and you get called a n- and boy and treated like a second-class citizen like that's there's no allegories there there's no like soft peddling there like the the, the themes are what the game is about and that's that's meaningful you know I, I still feel like i the thing for me now is uh, um, I want video games to have their Luke Cage moment in terms of the Netflix show. Like, right. I, I want video games to have a plurality, a, 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 a medium to large team budget game to have a plurality of black creators, um, in decision making position, decision making positions. Right. Um, that's going to take a long, long time to happen because the size of video game teams um, are massive, and right. the institutional will to have such a thing happen is highly unlikely in the risk-averse space of video game making. Um, you know, I you know I hope that on a smaller scale, indie level. Um, type of endeavors that, that something like that might be able to happen. Um but you know it's gonna take, I think it's gonna take a long, a long time. I you because know, Luke Cage was like a watershed moment for me. And I know some people yeah. you know had varying reactions to the series. I loved it, but like from top to bottom, like like the writers, the actors, directors, um that was a black as fuck show. Yeah. Yes
0: absolutely. it was. Yes it was um, yes, it was, and and you know
3: it wasn't as thug as it could have been, um, and that's the thing about um, their iteration of Luke Cage. Um, you know, Luke Cage is a ride dude, and the, and the Luke Cage in, in, in the in the show is not that guy. He's still yeah. a good character, but he's not that right. guy. Right. Um, but you know, and, you know, they made like sorority references. Black, black sorority references right. in that show. Yeah. Like right. there, There's there's, there's uh, a certain energy um, that I think comes from having it being mostly driven by a majority of black people. And, you know, that's what I'm waiting for in video games. Um, and it's going to be a while, I think.
1: Yeah. And, you know, since you're talking about that Luke Cage moment, I wanted to get your thoughts if you've had a chance to play it on Assassin's Creed Origins, you know, because I actually got you know someone to voice Bayek who is a black dude, and you know, there's someone who's Middle Eastern, Egyptian working on the game. So I was wondering what your thoughts were on that and and how that may have. Impacted. I think if
3: to play, I think if to play Origins at all, yet this year you have um, to play
1: it. Uh, well, when it you have amazing. like an hour to at least like jump in for a minute because. It's, you know, the year off really shows, but also the fact that they they got so many color people to work on the game and, and the VA voice acting, except for uh, one of the female characters who is Egyptian, but not voiced by a woman of color, which I found out while I was playing the game.
3: You know, I mean, look, the thing with that stuff is, and I've written about this to to. Um, I wrote about it way, way back when when um, Liberation came out, of Creed Liberation came out and Aveline was vo- voiced by a white right. guy um, you know I'll never be the person to be like no, y'all can't do this but like the thing that's on the flip side of the coin is that like you know there's a black person that can do this, right? Yeah, I mean you know that there's <laughs> somebody out there has the same capabilities is not better. Um, it may not be in your role, your or your pool of awareness, but those people right. are out there. Um, so, you know, yeah, it's always disappointing. Um, um, but I think the thing that is is that, like, you're, you're, you're not at the, the, the. You're not in the era anymore where your audience is ignorant as to this stuff, right? right. People know. That's- People know who's voicing your characters, who's um, drawing your characters, who's making decisions about um, their construction, right? Um, and you can't you can't claim ignorance about that anymore on the creative side or on the fan side. Um, um, so I just think like, yeah, it behooves you to 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 look for those people, you know, and yeah. to. To expand your networks to try and find those people. Um, Because it's 2017. Like, nah.
0: Yeah. Right.
3: Excuses (laughs) don't fly. (laughs) Right. Right.
0: Exactly. Exactly. So, and uh, excuses don't fly. It is 2017. And uh, this is episode 200. And and unfortunately, it has to come to an end um, because we can't have a two parter with Ev. Every time, <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, Ev- Evan, uh, thank you so much for being um, our very, very special and honored guest. It was, it was seriously—you'll um, probably roll your eyes again at this, but seriously, it was a list of one when we decided on who we wanted to have as a guest for our 200th episode. I, I appreciate
3: it. Yeah, uh, so you know, I always you. feel like I talk to damn much. So. No, please, no, man! Please, uh,
2: you don't talk enough. <laughs> no, you're you're the perfect um, podcast guest. You, you yeah. You, you give us content nonstop. That's great. Yes, <laughs> yes. Um,
0: so uh, here's your opportunity to uh, not be modest and plug everything that you're doing. Um, and if you don't do it, I'll do it. So you know you have a choice.
3: So the day job is still IO nine io 9gizmodocom the nerd culture site um, over at Gizmodo Media Group. I write about um, games, TV, movies there. Uh, that's the day job. Um, and go to that site, love it up. Uh, I have a great team of people I work with. Shout out to Charles. Charles Pulley Ward. Moore, that's my boy. Yes, yes. Uh, um, and everybody else, but especially Charles. Uh, <laughs> That's, that, that's it for the day job. And Rise of the Black Panther, out from Marvel Comics, first issue um, is January 3rd, oh, so month, monthly, if I meet my deadlines. Um, yeah, and you know, the movie's out in February, but I ain't got to tell y'all that, y'all know. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, yeah, and uh, that, that's it. That's it for me that I uh, have to announce. Um, uh, can I, can I sign off with Wakanda forever?
0: Of course. Yes. Yes, exactly. Oh. Exactly. Um, so, uh, I will, uh, I will give, oh, uh, Twitter. Do, you, do oh, you still do the Twitter? Yeah, I do.
3: I do. Um, right. um, you yeah, know, just got to watch out for Nazis. Uh, right, it's, right. it's <laughs> Go play Wolfenstein. Go play Wolfenstein. You'll get it out
1: of your system. That's what, I,
3: that's what everybody tells me. Yeah. It's Evnark on Twitter. Um, yeah. Odds are, if you're listening to this, you probably know that already.
0: <laughs> All right, and uh, uh, Reef, why don't you give for the 200th time? Maybe you haven't done it 200 times, but it's been said 200 times on
2: here. Our social media business, sure, guys. Spawn on me, slash Spawn on me every Thursday evening. We are live. Um, you can you can subscribe to our show on your favorite podcatcher of choice. I, Apple, Android, whatever, Overcast, all your stuff. Just search for sp- "Spawn on Me" um, in your uh, podcast store. Um, if you really, really like us, then, su- then subscribe to our Patreon at Patreon.com/slash Spawn on Me, um, where 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 you could not only you know donate to help us achieve our goals of better audio and video quality, travel interviews, all that stuff, but also get exclusive access to our two new podcasts. Um, that we're dropping for our subs subscribers. Um, the spawn on me after dark, um, show where we talk about things other than games. Um, and the upcoming, uh, Bracago beltway, uh, political show as well, um, where we'll be talking about politics. Um, so, uh, so join us on Patreon. Uh, we, we will really appreciate your, uh, support. And if you want to catch us on the tweeters, at spawn on me. And if you want to email us, spawn on me podcast at gmail.com.
0: Very nice. Very nice. Um, I just want to say, um, thanks so much to everyone at Bracago for sticking with us the last four years. Um, you know, I'm, I'm so incredibly proud of the thing that, that Kai and I started, um, First the first episode was recorded via my Xbox One using my Xbox headset. Oof, uh, wow. And and uh and you know we've we've come we've come a really, really long way and uh along the way we've had fantastic guests such as uh our brother right here, Ev, and uh and along along the way, along that road trip that Kai and I started, we picked up Two great wing people, and and Sharif and and Tanya, and I couldn't imagine uh, doing it with with a a better group of people. I, I love y'all, and uh, man, it's been it's been a, a fun ride. And here's to two hundred more.
2: Absolutely, stay uh, yeah, like. Congrats uh, to y'all.
3: This is a, it's a, an amazing accomplishment.
0: Thank you, thank you, man, thank you very much. Um, so well for the gone and forgotten Captain Khalif Adams.
2: Wow. <laughs> terrible. You are terrible. Wow. I love you, Kyle. I love you, man. Mute <laughs> that he, speaks,
0: he speaks only for him. Right. He speaks only for him. I am the captain now. Wow. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Don't believe him. Don't believe him. Uh, right. <laughs> um, for Tanya to pass, for our great guest Evan Narcissus, I am Cicero Holmes. We are Spawn on Me. This is Bricargo, and we say "Peace." peace. Peace.